0: How are we doing today, my lovely listeners? My name is Brenna. I'm the host of Soul Things Podcast, and we talk about the hard things that we go through in our 20s. I'm so excited to dive into this topic of authenticity today with my friend Nithin. Welcome to the show.
1: What's up?
0: Um, yeah, Nithin and I go to Anthem Church together. That's how we met. Um, we're in the same life group together, and it's just been really cool diving into the book of Mark as a community and also just building Christian community here has been like a really cool experience. Um, so Nithin also has a podcast, so you guys should go check out the spirit and truth podcast. Do you want to share a little bit about what that's about? Shameless plug.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a step back real quick. Um, you don't know I'm doing this, but Brent I want to honor you for what you're doing with oh. this podcast and how you're touching people that are going through things in their twenties that are very relevant, but taking a a scriptural approach and, and applying that stuff through a scriptural lens and a biblical lens. And mm-hmm. it's, it's blessed me and I'm sure it's blessed a ton of people. So I yeah, want to do that thank first. You. Um, you. Uh, yeah, I, the spirit and truth podcast is, uh, it's, it's, you know, I always ask people what's like their niche, Christian topic that their hearts burn for, you know, what a God put in your heart that you want to share with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just been this combination of this, this, uh, this idea of wanting to bring together the word and the spirit yeah. in America. We see someone so much of camps and tribalism and, mm-hmm. um, polar extremes, but not not to bring a middle point, but the fullness of spirit and the fullness of truth. Yes. Uh, and so Steve and I launched that podcast. It's been almost a year, funny enough. And so yeah, yeah it's been great. We've had awesome guests and, and yeah. we just get to dig deep and, and yeah question, yeah, question away on them, yeah. what they think about that topic.
0: Yeah, I will put the link in the description, so you guys should definitely check it out if you're looking to grow deeper in your faith and under, understand the things of the Spirit and obviously the things of the Bible. But um, let's kind of dive into this topic today. Um, right before we do that, though, can you share a little bit about yourself, kind of let our audience know kind of what life stage you're in, you know, what you do, kind of familiarize us with who Nithin is.
1: Yeah, so as Brenna said, my name is Nithin. I am 25 years old. To be 26 and about to get married October 15th to Ooh. my fiance, Marcy Matthew. She lives in New York. Been doing long distance for four years. It's been challenging. Impressive. But it's been good. Yeah, it is impressive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we, There's we, hope for you long distance <laughs> relationships out
1: there. We do wear it with a badge of honor. Um yeah, life stage. I uh I went to Dominican University, which is where I started walking with the Lord, and it's mm-hmm. been crazy I say since 2016. So it's been six years yeah. since I've been walking closer with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then uh, in terms of like vocationally, mm-hmm. I'm a CPA, which so I do accounting and taxes. Not the most exciting stuff, but as soon as we're out of student debt, we'll figure out what to do in terms of career yeah. afterwards. But yeah, yeah I'm uh, I'm plugged in at Anthem Church. This is where I call home. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been great. So yeah. is there anything else that I'm No, no yeah,
0: you covered all the basics. Um okay, so today um so Nithin and I were kind of, you know, brainstorming through different topics and stuff and I think something that's sort of been top of mind um since stepping into this decade pretty much for me is this struggle for authenticity. And I've already done a podcast episode about true intimacy and community and how there's a lot of factors that can influence us being like vulnerable with each other and stuff like that. So we're going to try to dig a little bit deeper into that topic today, um, specifically in this area of authenticity. But before um, we do that, I kind of want to, this might kind of sound like an obvious question, but I kind of just want to start laying the groundwork of what do we mean when we're talking about authenticity?
1: Yeah, so I think I, when I say it, and correct me if, if I'm wrong here, Brenna, if, if you have a different vision, mm-hmm. um, but when I say authenticity, I mean uh, transparency. Yeah. Um, and I think authenticity in its truest form as a Christian will lead us to desperation for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because once you're authentic with yourself, you see your sin struggle, you mm-hmm. see how broken you really are. Yeah. Um, but I think the more you put up facades and and different masks and different personalities that aren't true to who you are it yeah. keeps you from getting to that point yeah. of true authenticity which yeah. really kind of in a lot of ways puts a puts a i don't want to say a handicap on your walk well yeah, yeah. kind of a handicap yeah, on your walk right. with jesus yeah yeah so that's what i mean i don't have like a, a, a web series definition but <laughs> no you're good. i think of i like yes. to think of things in terms of frameworks and yes. stuff so yeah no, I yeah think that's helpful
0: no i think it is yeah like the idea of being real like actually like who you are like sometimes i see this like internal self and then external self so like what um like who you actually are versus what you're like showcasing to other people and so it's like tapping into the, that internal aspect of who you actually are and how do you live into that in an effective way so your walk isn't hindered like you're talking about. Um, so let's kind of dive into some of those challenges then that we find in authenticity with our relationships. So if you could kind of walk me through some uh, things in your life that you've seen some hindrances in your life to being authentic and how do you overcome those?
1: Yeah, man, that's, that's a good question. I think off the top of my head that comes up is that the need to be accepted by others, mm. um, affirmation, popularity? Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna lump those three together there. I think when you want to be a Christian, I mean, it's just quite frankly, it's, it's, it's you're countercultural. You're right. not gonna be liked most right. of the time, right? And so when you're trying to be liked as a Christian, it's you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think, uh, I think that was probably one of my biggest obstacles because mm-hmm. when you're trying to be liked, you start, you know and shaping and forming yourself yeah. to what society says rather yeah. than you know yeah. the, the tough but truths yeah uh, great truths of scripture yeah um so I, I for me that was one of my biggest uh, struggles to being authentic and then yeah christian culture mm-hmm. you know it's man in a lot of ways it mm-hmm. sucks mm-hmm. i mean this idea of like you know wanting to i mean we just have a cookie cutter idea of yes. what it looks like to be a christian and i think a lot of that shaped why you know what we think christianity is in the west mm-hmm. you know ver- mm-hmm. and, i mean it's very different from what it is in scripture yeah. yeah um this whole church model i think is is a little faulty yeah. and it doesn't help mm-hmm. um when we put you know we, we think the pastors are the ones that mm-hmm. um you know like and that's what we should strive for and, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways i'm not going to say that you know we shouldn't mm-hmm. but in the sense that like the person who's taking out the trash at the end of the day at yeah. that's a part of the body it's just as important as the person that's teaching up on stage amen amen um, yeah so i think i think those yeah. Yeah. Are are the things I would say that yeah. keep us from being authentic.
0: I totally relate to that. I think a big fear of mine for being authentic is I want to be like so bad because I'm so prideful. Like mm-hmm. at the root of it, I think it's pride, right? Like I want this group of friends or this guy or whatever the situation is to say nice things about me, to think really highly of me. So I'm going to mold myself into whatever that is go- going to become to achieve that. At least that's sort of how it's but that started pretty young I think for me even in high school of like you just that peer pressure of just wanting to be accepted like you're talking mm-hmm. about. So it's kind of like pride and like a fear of man in a sense that can sort of shape the the outer like how other people see you and then that kind of creates this distance I feel like of being known like because you're not presenting your true self because you just want them to like like you but then you're like you don't actually like me though because if you knew who i really was you know there's this internal battle so i don't know if you've ever felt that at all but that's definitely been an experience for me for quite some time
1: yeah absolutely i mean i think the other other term i'd use for authenticity or like you know the shadow side of authenticity obviously is fakeness or inauthenticity Mm, uh, you know and it's funny because uh steve Who's our pastor here? Um, elder mm-hmm. anyway, all entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he put us through a preaching course and he was saying, mm-hmm. you know, be authentic to who you are. Yeah. People can sniff out fakeness from a mile away. Oh my gosh, yeah but it's so funny. We still do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of yeah. Being authentic.
0: yeah. I think that's so true. Um, another thing I think too is like, I can feel a sense of shame of who I am. Like if I'm living in sin or if I'm just like struggling with certain things, that's hard to face. I'm just going to shove that down deep inside and like not let anybody see that part of me because nobody would really accept me or love me if I was authentic to that aspect of my life. And I think that can hinder a lot of believers especially too is like fear and shame Mm -hmm. is a big aspect too um so like how do you create harmony with like this inner and outer struggle that we're sort of talking about of like knowing who you really are and living that out how do you create harmony between the inner and outer life
1: yeah i think i think when you say harmony i kind of have a tough time with that because Mm. it's it's, I don't know if they're supposed to be at harmony, you know, Mm -hmm. like I think your, your inner self is it's that's it, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like out of that. I mean, I think about scripture where it says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth flows, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. And I think, yeah. So I, I, I guess I think that's the problem. We try to create harmony when like scripturally, which we can't, you know, I mean, you look at it, you look at these guys, they're getting killed left and right. And Mm -hmm. I mean, by God's grace, we don't have that in America yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's a fair answer. No, but.
0: no. Yeah. Or is there, are like, how have you seen in your life, how you overcome the, all these hindrances that we've sort of been talking about?
1: Yeah. I, you know, and it's funny cause I'm the answer I'm about to give. I kind of hate as a podcast host because it's <laughs> like, it's like, well, duh, you know, but <laughs> honestly, I think it's having a proper perspective of Jesus. Mm. And it's, I think we lose that so often. I mean, you know, I think we try to think of in America, everything's a, like a priority list Mm -hmm. that's like first, second, third, fourth. Mm -hmm. And I think we try to put Jesus first and then family second, Mm -hmm. friends third. And it's like, okay. And then we think of everything through this priority list. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, if it's not Jesus, then it's this. Then, Mm -hmm. you know, we just move down the list. But it's like, I mean, scripture talks about keeping Jesus preeminent or central, Mm -hmm. you know? There's a difference between primary and first and central. Yeah. Because I feel like central is like, it's like, it's your core. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. Because then there's the danger of like, compartmentalizing your right. life of like this is the part that jesus gets even if it is number one yeah. but then you have families have it's like no you're right it is central and from that source yeah over like outflows um our security and who we are which is something i've been thinking about a lot is like jesus knew who he was mm-hmm. and he made known who he was like through his ministry and stuff and that uh, that like security and who he was affected how he saw himself, the rhythms of his life, how he treated other people, mm-hmm. like it affected everything. And so mm-hmm. it's like when you're when you're secure in who you are, I think the fears and the shames and all these hindrances we've sort of been talking about kind of fade because you're able to live into that true self that the Lord is continuing to mold you in through sanctification.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's, it's interesting because Jesus had to go through, I mean, he was tempted. And what was it, the thing that he was challenged the most on right. was his identity. Right? It's, it was, are you... If you are the son of God, that's what the devil says mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. If you're the son of God, if mm-hmm. you're the son of God. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think mm-hmm. that's that's spot on.
0: Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. Um, another thing that I want to ask here is, do you see a unique struggle based on gender? So obviously you're a guy, I'm a girl and there can be maybe like, did you find it harder like being authentic as a guy? I know that might sound like a silly question, but like sometimes I feel like in our world, it's like, yeah, like just rub some dirt out it or be tough, uh-huh. you know, like there's uh-huh. this whole kind of different maybe standard and maybe that is changing a little bit in our world. But as I just curious to get a male perspective, if you see anything like a different standard for genders.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, it's, it's a tough question to answer mm-hmm. in the sense of like, Oh yes. Yes. It, it's not tough because yes, absolutely. Dudes just have a tough time being true to who they are. But
0: why? Like why?
1: Expectations of society. I mean, toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, not knowing what scripture says mm-hmm. about what biblical manhood looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I constantly, constantly go back to, to David. Yeah. And I know it's like, Oh, okay. All right, whatever, dude, I haven't learned like, <laughs> anything new about David. But it's like, if you think about it, um, first Samuel, I think it's 15, I don't know, 15 through 17, well, somewhere in there yeah. when he's getting anointed, it's an uh, anointed as King. It says that he was a ruddy young boy mm. and he tended. He tended to his sheep, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, he was tearing apart lions and bears with his bare hands. Yeah, I think it was his bare hands. Wasn't he
0: also playing the harp? Yeah, and that's a thing. Yeah,
1: he was playing the harp. Yeah, he wrote all the psalms. I mean, you see an authenticity, a realness. There are points where he's like, "God, why have you forsaken me?" Yeah, Uh, but then there are other points where he's like, "God, you're so great," and it's just it's realness. It's it's rawness, Mm -hmm. and I mean, man, we just suck at doing that because it's it's just it's pride, it's ego. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's so sad because it's like, end of the day, God's seeing right through all of that. Yeah. You know, it says, I mean, yeah. it's so interesting because I mean, that passage just real quick to focus on it. It's, I think two of the things that dudes always struggle with is, uh, is father wounds. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I mean, w- when you struggle with the father mm-hmm. wounds, you're going to look for that in some other authority. Mm-hmm. And you know, the other one that's present in that passage is, is spiritual authority with Samuel. Yeah. So it's funny because, so the story goes, Samuel comes in and, you know, he's told by God to go anoint a new king because Saul's, you know, decided to not repent. Mm-hmm. And so God tells Samuel to go to, you know, to go to um, Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. I think it's Bethlehem mm-hmm. um, where Jesse is. And he says, you know, go to the house of Jesse and there you can anoint a king. And it's funny because it says when Samuel came to the gates of Bethlehem, mm-hmm. the elders came to him and says they were shaking. They were trembling mm-hmm. because that's how much like spiritual authority and weight, and mm-hmm. like Bravo that Samuel carried. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, Hey, I gotta go to Jesse's house. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Jesse's house. Um, and again, I, I bring that up to just highlight the, mm-hmm. like the weights, the, yeah. like, this is the dude when it comes to, this is God's man that's yeah. coming. And yeah, 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 so he, he carries the spiritual authority. Yeah. And so he comes and he, uh, he sees Jesse's oldest son mm-hmm. and he's like, that's it. That's the King. Because why he's tall, dark and handsome, Yeah, you know, and he's, yeah. He's got everything a king could have, and but what what does God say? He says, uh, "I look, mm-hmm. or man looks at the outward appearance, yep. but I look at the heart." Yeah. But it's funny because he keeps going down the list.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And so it's funny because okay, so now there's there's Dave, Uh Sorry, there's Jesse. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, cut this out. There's Samuel, <laughs> um, who is again the prophet of the prophets. Like there's a spiritual authority present. And then there's Jesse, mm-hmm. right? And and look what happens. He goes down all the lists mm-hmm. after God just told him. Man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. He's like, oh well, let me just keep looking at the outward yeah. appearance. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He it's gets to like it. it. Click. <laughs> yeah. And then he finally says, "Well, there's got to be somebody else because it's none of these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, God hasn't told me it's it's this one."
0: Yeah.
1: And and it p- p- puts a really provoking thought or topic there is that mm-hmm. Jesse didn't think to invite David. Yeah. Like.
0: He was like he didn't even consider him. exactly yeah, yeah. So like I yeah. mean
1: you see both elements present there. You see yeah. the spiritual struggle of of spiritual authority, and then you see the struggle of of father yeah. you know father wounds. Yeah. But it's so interesting because David's so faithful. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. He's not lining up to be king. You mm-hmm. know. I mean, R.T. Kendo has this quote. He says. You know the worst thing that can happen to a man is he's successful before he's ready, and you can interchange mm. that with man, woman, whatever. But I yeah. think especially men, mm-hmm. yeah, pride and all that stuff gets to us really quickly. It's yeah. a difference between Saul and David is yeah. because Saul was just thrown into it; he didn't go through this wilderness season or mm-hmm. the season of of tending to the sheep, but doing the lowly things. Yeah, so yeah, that's a long about answer, but.
0: no, that's good. And yeah, when I was thinking about like gender roles and stuff, because I've always felt when I'm with like my really close friends, like my girlfriends, like. We'll like cry together Mm -hmm. or like, I I don't know. I felt like it was more natural to be like open with them and be my authentic self with them. And I was like, do guys do this too? You know, Mm -hmm. like I, like I was just sort of curious to see if there was like this, no, like it, like it's fine, bro. I don't know. Like there's like the struggle of like when you're in a small group with a bunch of guys or like, or have you seen, am I just like misunderstanding it all? And they're like, you have experienced like deep and genuine authenticity in like a group of guys.
1: Yeah, it's. So it's interesting because, um, I was just in a group of, I was at a retreat this past week and I told you, and it was oh, yeah, at one point, in Texas yeah, yeah, and it was, uh, it was like an intense leadership, yeah. uh, discipleship course. Yeah. And at one point, you know, a lot of the guys were getting emotional and, and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm kind of looking in and I'm like, Mm, I'm not feeling this. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you weren't feeling emotional? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sitting here thinking, oh man, am I the stereotypical guy? But I, I bring that up to say that like I think when the spirit of God is in the room, mm-hmm. like, eh, you know, and not to sit and you know to box it in and say that you have to cry. I mean, I've seen, you know, some pretty tough tatted yeah. up dudes yeah. balling at the feet of Jesus. So yeah. I think that's one that bypasses all of this. Mm-hmm. But I, I think secondly, it's, you know it's interesting when you study David again. Mm-hmm. You know it says that he, uh, when when the Ark of the Covenant was brought back into uh, the Promised Land, it mm-hmm. says that he was he was dancing. You know he was worshiping. Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't see dudes doing that. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. I'm too, I'm too big for that, or like I'm too I, macho. That's
0: the thing. I feel like there's always this thing with guys of like I'm too cool to mm-hmm. like do something or like to feel something or like. And I know these are generalizations. I know there's like dudes that cry right. and stuff like that. And not to like equate authenticity necessarily with just crying. Right. Yep. There, it's it's a broader thing, but. Yeah. I was just curious your thoughts on like the, like, yeah, just your personal experience with like your, I don't know, guy, best friends and stuff. It's like, how do you be authentic with them? You know? And like you were saying, like, is it just like constantly reminding yourself who you are in Christ and like who he's making you to be? And like, does that look different with your friends that aren't believers trying to be authentic?
1: Yeah. Um, Yes and no, mm-hmm. I, I would say. I mean, I think obviously when you have a brother in Christ, it's easier to be more authentic with them because there's this big portion portion of yourself that, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't have to nuance or explain or use discernment and wisdom on. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I mean, my guy friends, I mean, I have some guys I play volleyball with. I don't, I don't, if they listen to this Dominican <laughs> men's volleyball, you guys know who you are. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are always clowning me and stuff um so but yeah. it's like again it's like you expect it yeah i mean i would say that if you're not getting some level of criticism you're probably not following jesus right to be frank, right, you know? right. Like, like
0: if it's always just joking around and sarcasm and stuff like that i have a hard time like staying in a group like that like yeah. like i don't my, i love a good joke i love being funny mm-hmm. but when it's when there's no dip when there's no depth when there's mm-hmm. no real that's not community to mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. so, so i would i would have a real struggle with my non-believing friends, if I, especially if I was like outnumbered, you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, one, I don't know if I really want to be super vulnerable with them because I don't want their advice on things, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. because um, it's not going to like align with scripture. It's not based in like a relationship with Jesus. And so that keeps my guard up. But then also it's just this kind of like, we're just having fun. This is whatever. And I yeah. mean, not that necessarily that's wrong, but like all the time I started, it started to weigh down on my soul because before I found Anthem, um, after I graduated college, a lot of my friends weren't believers. And so mm-hmm. like, I found that was like, I was like, Oh no, I have friends, I have community. Like this is fine. But like, I felt like something was missing and I really do think it is this authenticity piece that we're talking about because everything was a joke or everything is just fun. And you know, the things that are hard, we don't really want to talk about because that's uncomfortable, you know? So I was just curious if like you had a similar experience with non-believing friends, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's, it's draining. Uh- it is and you know what is that stat that you're you were most similar to the seven people that we yeah, yeah yeah that we yeah. spend mm-hmm. most time with so yeah. you definitely see that mm-hmm. um yeah i definitely started growing more in my faith once i was out of college yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't think that's a coincidence but mm-hmm. i think at the same time it's you know it's yeah. i mean what is it paul he says um you know if i told if you, if you're not supposed to be of this, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Anybody. No, yeah. So, you know the what I'm talking
0: about? The message version. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, no, no,
1: I don't want to be. No, I know. I, know, I, know, I know. It's, it's that verse. It says, um, if you were to be totally not of this world, mm. you would have to just, be completely I mean you have to be an Amish person you right, know? I mean, right Right, so it's it's yeah. tough but yeah I mean we're, we're called to be a light mm-hmm. like people should look at us and see that there's something right, different and right. I think that's rooted yeah the, one of the groundworks in that is is authenticity
0: yeah because I think authenticity breeds authenticity right so if mm-hmm. you're being real and I feel like I've experienced that even in our life groups you know of mm-hmm. us being because there's like like there's some people that like yeah I spend ex- an extensive amount of time with even outside of the group and I feel like we're cultivating these deeper friendships to where i just feel like i can be even more vulnerable be even more authentic and then mm-hmm. they it's reciprocated and i think that's such a beautiful picture of a healthy relationship and healthy friendship and something that like i want to strive for instead yeah. of like what are they thinking about me and what? Are, because so i've been going through this book called emotionally healthy spirituality i've talked about it a couple of times on this podcast highly recommend probably going to link again in the description um But it's by Peter Scazzaro and he's this pastor out in Queens and he was talking about the true self and false self and really breaking down like what are the things that we're doing to feed our false self and what are the things that we're doing to feed our true self. And he had quoted somebody um, like their internal like um, dialogue that's going on in their head when they were like 15 and they were talking about their interaction from the moment they met this new person to like when they left and their entire thought process was about what is this person going to think about me? Mm-hmm. How can I tell this joke to make this person like me? Well, and the whole time he was thinking about himself of mm-hmm. like, how do I impress this person? And that was feeding the false self. Mm-hmm. And so it made me start to question, okay, what am I filling in? Um, and what is what imp- are the inputs in my life that are going to um, feed that false self and, uh, focus on the reputation aspect or what am I going to do to feed the true self that's going to feed, um, the, my actual character of who I actually am and how can I build in that? Um, so yeah, I guess I'm curious, have you ever heard about this false self, true self dichotomy and do you have any thoughts on it?
1: Uh, so I've i definitely I'm still working my way through that book. Yeah, it's um, heavy.
0: It's a couple. Yeah, it's a couple pages. I'm like tapping out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm in the audiobook, so I've been re-listening and re-listening. Um, so I I haven't got to that part of the book yet, so I, I I'm not too familiar with mm-hmm. you know that verbiage. But true self versus false. Self, yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about like you know our life group is going through the chapter of Mark. or yeah. not the chapter, the book of Mark. The yeah. book of Mark. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it seems like a chapter of yeah. Mark. Yeah. How slow <laughs> we go through it. Yeah. Uh, but we've been going through the book of Mark and you see this literary device that, you know, whoever wrote Mark, you know, people mm-hmm. don't know for sure. They mm-hmm. say Peter was, mm-hmm. you know, the one that was, you know, communicating this and mm-hmm. Mark ended up documenting it. But mm-hmm. regardless, um, you see this literary device that's being employed of the crowd and mm-hmm. um, the desperate follower. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference is, again, it, it comes down to the proper view of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And I think your, you what were the terms you used again?
0: Uh, true self and false
1: self. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think the false self has a false view of Jesus, mm. but you're, the true self is going to have
0: yeah.
1: a proper view of Jesus. But I think mm-hmm. the thing is the false self is never going to have a proper view of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't making sense. I'm trying to no. think of how to frame this in yeah. another way yeah. um, because you're trying so hard to be something that you're not yeah. when Jesus is just saying, just do, just be yourself. Yeah. Just come to me, you yeah. know, yeah. like it's grace. That's the new covenant. It's Mm -hmm. all grace. Mm -hmm. There is no, now no condemnation for those who trust in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's good. That's good. So, um, I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts on like Jesus's life and the example that he set of living in authenticity. And how do you see that in the scriptures? mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's first and foremost, based in truth. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Like you said, he knew who he was, but Mm -hmm. he went through 40 days of like, man, like just rigid, like yeah. not rigid. That's not the right word. Um, brutal mm-hmm. testing of your identity mm-hmm. to the point where he knew he was the son of man. Mm-hmm. And so when people started, you know, trying to stone him and throw, you know, mm-hmm. and when his hometown rejected him, it didn't phase him. Yeah. It said, I mean, he tells his disciples, kick off the dust off your feet and move mm-hmm. on. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's one when you, yeah. you know, when you're so rooted in the truth, you're not going to be worried about what the falsehoods yeah. of the world say. Yeah. Um, And then I think on top of that, it's it's, you know, I think genuine authenticity will lead to a place of desperation. Mm. Um, I mean, I would, I've, I think I've told you this before. If I were to write a book, it'd be called "The Desperate Christian," yeah, because it's, I mean, you just constantly read interaction after interaction that Jesus has with people in the Scriptures, Mm -hmm. and it's it's he's opposing these people that think they have it all together in the Pharisees, the religious elites. Yeah, I mean, put another way, I heard you know a priest once told me priest funny enough told me once that we were at a you know a church retreat and he said you know if jesus were here at this retreat today he would walk over right past the worship team right past me me being the priest right past the small group leaders right past the cool kids Mm -hmm. um right past the adults and he would probably go sit with that one weird kid Mm. that nobody was talking to the whole conference yeah and so i think that's I know that it seems like it's it's a struggle with authenticity, but it's it's when you understand how broken you really are, you don't get you don't look overlook anyone. Yes. You know, you don't think yes. anyone's outside the reach of God's grace. Yes. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I see that with Luke seven. I know I said I was going to go mm-hmm. into this with mm-hmm. you earlier. I mean, that's I mean, the woman with the alabaster flask, man, that's my favorite passage in scripture because mm. you see the 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 polar opposites. You see the, the religious elite and this mm-hmm. Pharisee who's sitting there who invites jesus into his house Mm -hmm. and that's interesting because jesus actually goes right so there's something there but uh, i don't know i haven't necessarily drawn that out too much but so he goes to this pharisee's house simon this is luke 7 36 to 50 i'm not going to read it Mm -hmm. um but then what happens is there's a there's a woman of the streets is what you know um the context would would tell you and Mm -hmm. what that means is essentially it's a prostitute yeah and she comes in and she comes and she knows that Jesus is going to be there. And so it's interesting. It's like, well, one, how did, you know, yeah. she get to this Pharisee's house? Yeah. Uh, and it says that she bought expensive perfume, which, you know, people say in study that it was a pretty good portion of her life's earnings. Yeah. Yeah. And she buys this perfume and ointment and she wets, you know, she pours it over Jesus's feet mm-hmm. and she starts wetting his feet with her own tears. Mm-hmm. And there's like a level of like authenticity and desperation. Mm-hmm. She's not coming. She's not like pretending to be i mean she knew who she was in proper yeah. perspective with jesus there yeah and she's at his feet she can't even i mean i just imagine she's she can't even yeah, yeah she can't even look up mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and uh and there's this pharisee who's sitting eye level with jesus yeah. kind of like we are sitting with each other yeah. right now thinking oh yeah i got to play to place at this table because i'm, I'm a pharisee yeah. you know again yeah. it's that false self versus yeah. the true self yeah um I mean, the true self of every person is we're sinners and we're broken.
0: Right. And I think, yeah, like what you're saying with the Pharisees, they were so focused on the false self in the sense of building their reputation. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't see past that they Mm -hmm. they weren't caring about the widows and the orphans and the prostitutes and stuff because i think at the core of your false self is such a self-focus like it's Mm -hmm. like i'm because you're so consumed kind of like that story i was saying with the the guy who you know the interaction at 15 you know it starts pretty young of you're constantly thinking about what other people are thinking about you Mm -hmm. and i think what true authenticity does and what jesus modeled is focusing on the other is focusing on the person that would be invisible and is having like the grace and the humility to be able to do that and i think something that i want in my own life as i'm striving to um you know like be authentic in who i am it helps me be more others focused Mm -hmm. because i'm becoming more secure in who i am in the lord as i'm feeding that into my life and that allows me to be more of the hands and feet of Christ, and think about other people more because my brain isn't consumed with, yeah. oh, what are they going to think of me? They yeah. that. And not to say I don't struggle with that. Still, I'm not perfect, but I think there's this sl- like p- slow process in sanctification that allows you to take your eyes off of yourself and to love thy neighbor as you know yourself and yeah. all of these things that Jesus clearly you know prioritized when asked that question. You know, so I don't know, like, have you sort of experienced? You know, through your process of sanctification and becoming authentic, something similar to that of just taking your eyes off of yourself and being able to like serve, like as you're getting more engaged with anthem and like mm-hmm. serving and stuff. I just think it's such a beautiful experience. But yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the biggest thing has just been unchurching. Mm. Like this, I know I talked about it at the beginning of this Christian culture, because yeah. it's it's just building up a facade, you know. Yeah. Um, again, like I'm looking at the woman with the alabaster plastic she comes, which mm-hmm. is just who she is, yeah. you know? And yeah, um, again, it's it interesting. You brought up that point. So real quick, verse 39, it says, mm-hmm. now when the Pharisees and when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, seeing, you know, what he saw was the woman pour out her ointment, start kissing mm-hmm. his feet, wetting his mm-hmm. feet with her tears uh, and started brushing his feet with her hair. Mm-hmm. When he sees this, he says, um, if this man were a prophet, Interesting. He doesn't even have a proper view of Jesus, yeah. you know. So he says this is a prophet of anything.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, he says he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, where mm. she is a sinner. Yeah. So it's interesting because, man, I think the biggest thing that's allowed me to like be 100 uh, authentic is just. Understanding my roots, my yeah. identity—you yeah. know—of my my brokenness. Yeah, I think we just try to deflect that way too yeah. much, and it's really delaying yeah. sanctification. It's delaying, um, getting to your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, she she just says she says, I'm, "I'm yeah, she is a sinner." Yeah, but then Jesus says, "Well, like, guess what?" I mean, he goes on to say, "I mean, this is a really paradoxical." Well, now I don't say paradoxical, mm-hmm. but. Oh, culturally paradoxical mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he says therefore i tell you her sins which are many are forgiven mm-hmm. for she loved much but he who is forgiven little loves a little mm-hmm. so it's so interesting i mean li- listen to what he's saying he's yeah. saying the person who is uh who has been forgiven of much mm-hmm. meaning like oh you know the person that has is a prostitute or is a druggie and mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. so on and so forth Like they've been forgiven of little, so, or sorry, forgiven of much, Mm -hmm. so their capacity to love Mm -hmm. is equally as great. Yeah. So, to the degree that you've been forgiven, it's to the degree that you're able to love people. Yeah. So, I think that's why it's so important to remember what Christ has saved us from and the importance of the gospel.
0: Yeah. I think something that's hindered me from that at times is healing can be like an ugly process sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not fun owning up to your sin and realizing like, like I did this thing or I've been stuck. Like I can't seem to get over this cycle and you're just like beating yourself up and it's just like this really hard process. And I think the enemy just loves to attack us and keep and keep us i think in the last couple of years i've felt that really strongly of just trying to keep me in this place and it's like this healing process of trying to like push forward and allow the lord to like open my eyes of like you can't get over this thing by not acknowledging it like Mm -hmm. this happened this sin happened or whatever like you're struggling with it's like but I have come to give you grace and like, I've already forgiven you. Like, look Uh at what I've done for you. Stop looking at your sin. Look at what I've done for you. So it's like that perspective shift has really helped me, but it's like not an easy process, like healing and getting to your authentic self. So I don't know if you've ever felt any like spiritual warfare aspect to this. Of like, okay, like I'm acknowledging I'm like a sinner, but sometimes that's really hard to do. It's like a humbling process. And, um, it's easy to look at somebody else and be like, at least I'm not as bad as that person. You know, Uh you start like kind of, comparing and stuff but yeah have you ever experienced like a spiritual warfare aspect to this
1: oh yeah absolutely um i think anytime you try to get closer to jesus you're gonna mm-hmm. experience spiritual warfare mm-hmm. um i think the thing that helps you overcome that mm-hmm. is gonna be the holy spirit so mm-hmm. i was thinking about galatians 5 the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. which i mean like it's authentic you know yeah. that's these these are authentic qualities mm-hmm. um and it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. Mm. Uh, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and its desires. Mm. I'm going to keep reading. It says, yeah. if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think, honestly, as much as you try to like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to be free and be myself and try to do all that. It's not going to (laughs) work. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, to uh, like to, to step into, you know, spiritual warfare, like Ephesians six says, you need the Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. but you fight with, um, weapons of warfare that are not natural. We can't, I mean, reading a hundred books about how to be authentic, Mm -hmm. listening to this podcast and seven other different types of podcasts about how to be authentic. is it's not going to help. Yeah. It's not. You just, I mean, Cause your flesh is alive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to do it in the flesh, but mm-hmm. if you try to do it in the spirit mm-hmm. I and mean, look what he says, he says, you know, there's, there's no law against this. Yeah. Yeah, like, There's no legalism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So I'm curious to get your thoughts. Um, this was something that came to mind actually just this morning when I was thinking about this podcast is we've been talking a lot of, you know, who we are in Christ and understanding your right perspective of Jesus. But I'm also thinking of those things that kind of make us a little bit different than each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all like the Enneagram and all these mm-hmm. like personality tests and stuff like that. Like I could be an extrovert, you could be an introvert, like these things that are a part of our identity. And it's like, what, what role do those things play in helping us understand ourselves how much power should we give those things and helping us sort of step into the authentic
1: yeah I think they help to the extent that they help you serve and love other people properly Mm. I think I I personally again this is me honestly speaking Mm -hmm. I have a tough time with that because it helps it just makes me box people in mm. it's like oh Brenna you're a three yeah I can know. know everything about you now yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I have a tough time with that a little yeah. bit um mm-hmm. because again I think in the I mean you just did an episode on social media you know it's yeah. like we we start boxing people in and making caricatures of them mm-hmm. oh that's just the three on the Enneagram and yeah it really cuts out the intimacy and ability to get to know someone for their authentic selves yeah
0: have you found those tools helpful in terms of you understanding yourself
1: um yeah I have mm-hmm. um I think but again, to the extent that it's just, it's a crutch, mm-hmm, you know, I mean, like mm-hmm. doing the hard work of like going to counseling and, mm-hmm. you know, like really getting to know yourself. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, this yeah. is just like a, uh, it's like a manual, I don't yeah. know, you know what I mean? But no. it's, yeah. it's like training wheels.
0: Right. Like it plays a part, but not the whole part. Right. Right. Um, yeah. This has been awesome. I kind of want to close with this question of. Like, to the person, like, listening to this podcast, um, hopefully you guys are are gleaning some things from, you know, our perspective and stories and from the scriptures, but what, like, advice would you give to somebody who's, like, listening to this and feels like they're struggling to be authentic and just live, like, find authenticity in their life?
1: I would say stop doing more. Mm. I think we... You're probably listening to this like, oh, how can I be authentic? Was well, like know? the
0: five-step plan yeah, to... Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think, honestly, like, it's not going to work. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I just got back from a part of the U.S. that shall not be named. Or oh, maybe I probably dropped it. I said enough. it
0: earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you guys don't go back and listen. I'll cut it out. I'll cut it out.
1: <laughs> anyway. But there's a lot of, uh, you know... St- What's the word? Program, structures, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. five steps to healing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it can be good. I'm not going to dismiss those yeah. things. But again, I mean, I think Galatians 5:16 is clear. It says, but you know, walk in step with the spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Yeah. The flesh wants to be contrary to what scripture says. It wants to be contrary to your authentic self, mm-hmm. which is that you're broken, you know? Yeah. yeah. But the spirit is what is going to lead you to life. I mean, another part of the scripture that says the mind that's set on the spirit is life. Mm-hmm. -hmm. But the mind that you know, but the the mind that's set on the flesh is death. Yeah, I mean, just that dichotomy, you know, of like spirit is life and flesh is death, and it's like, well, I mean, again, the person, I mean, in America, we're gonna be like, well, how do I walk in step with the spirits?
0: Well, you should listen to the podcast Spirit and Truth (laughs) (laughs) with Steve to find out more. Another
1: shameless plug. (laughs) We haven't even talked about that yet, but um, I, I mean, I really think it's just stop doing so much. Yeah, I mean, we like. You know, I mean, the one of the biggest takeaways I had from this, this retreat was, is, you know, each of us have been uniquely wired to receive or, you know, we have a unique part of the father's heart that only we Mm. carry Mm -hmm. and we get to share that with other people. Yeah. But the problem kicks in when I try to take your part Mm -hmm. and and carry it out as if it's my own. Yeah. And then someone else is getting robbed of what. Right. I should be sharing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's this concept of the one, like it makes no sense, mm-hmm. but it's almost the reverse. And what I'm trying to say is like, mm-hmm. you know, this idea of like, oh, there's only one person out there for you, but yeah. then there's like, but it's a domino effect if you think about it, because mm-hmm. then what about someone who gets divorced? Right. Like, well, right. then that person took somebody else's one. Yeah.
0: It throws off. Everything. Yeah. And yeah. then
1: it's a domino and it's, well, everybody's screwed. So yeah. logically that thing makes no yeah. sense. But yeah. the opposite is true here in this case, where if the father's given us a specific, Desire mm-hmm. or passion, mm-hmm. or you know, for you, it's you know, for mm-hmm. young people mm-hmm. to understand the tough places in their twenties and thirties. Mm-hmm. If I try to do a podcast about it, forget mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I'm messing it up for everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. Yeah. But in order for you to really understand what part of the father's heart you've been uniquely wired to, you need to stop being somebody else. You yeah. need to stop reading <laughs> books sometimes. Yeah. You know yeah. about how to be more authentic and yeah. just let just yeah. let go. I, yeah. I mean, like I don't want like I'm not. I hate that cliche. You no, know, it's but
0: good. And like, yeah, you would be a crappier version of somebody else. Like stop yeah. trying to be your neighbor or the other person. Like live into, like do something like that somebody else isn't doing because you feel God's calling you there. Like you don't have to try to do what other people are doing. I think I've struggled with that too. But also what Nina is saying is do less and allow, like don't come in with your own agendas and control and programs and stuff, yeah. but leave space for, yeah. is what I hear you saying, like leave space for the spirit to yeah. guide you and-
1: Yeah, I I would say yield, Mm, you know, I mean, it's uh, John 15. It talks about, you know, you, if you abide in me, you'll Mm -hmm. bear much fruit. Yeah. And again, abide is like, uh,
0: it's like, he's your home, right? Like abiding. It's not like, yeah, that's such, I love John 15. Yeah. Yeah. And then in that, and then he also talks about like how he's come to give us life and give it abundantly. Mm -hmm. And so like. Life abundantly um, is like something that like a life that's completely satisfied in Jesus. And so it's like step into that and like believe that and like listen to where the Lord's leading you and just go with it. Like you don't have to keep like, oh, my gosh, but these people are doing this Mm -hmm. and this is this, you know, whatever it's like. Just yield, like you're saying. And yeah. it's, such a, it's such a freeing space to be in that because you're not trying to control everything, yeah. you know? So, But yeah, I think that's great advice, Nithin. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning into another aspect of just the hard things that we go through as young adults. Um, and thank you guys for joining me on this journey through navigating life in your 20s. And just remember that even in the hard spaces, His grace abounds. See you next week.